What are the do's and don'ts if a covered entity or business associate is faced with a breach investigation, compliance audit, or other HIPAA enforcement action by regulators? I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Marty Arvin, Vice President of Audit Strategy at security consulting firm Synergistec. Marty will be speaking to us about what covered entities and business associates should expect and how they should prepare if the Department of Health and Human Services or other regulators open up a breach investigation, audit, or other enforcement-related action related to health data privacy and security. So now, Marty, if a covered entity or a business associate reports a breach to OCR, should they always expect an investigation by the agency? And if so, what are some of the do's and don'ts that these covered entities and business associates should consider in their dealings with the investigators? I don't know that one should always expect what I think most people would view as an investigation, a more full-blown assessment. It's obviously always going to be fact-sensitive. If it's a rather, I don't know if one can say insignificant breach, but if it's a smaller breach where you're obligated to report because of the provisions of the regulations, but it's not something of significant issue, maybe it's one misdirected fax or a misdirected email or a misplaced document that has a single or maybe two patients' information on it, that may result in the need to notify, but I wouldn't anticipate a full-blown investigation. I do think OCR has made it pretty clear that if you've got a more significant issue or if that's one of a multitude of issues that you've reported to them, you've increased your likelihood of having them come and investigate you and do a deeper dive into your privacy and security practices of the of the entity, whether it's a covered entity or a business associate. The things to prepare for, obviously, one thing that I think most organizations still don't do well is make sure that OCR has the right contact information. OCR has done a pretty good job of that in preparation for their phase two audits, but if the letter goes to somebody in the organization who doesn't recognize the need for that prompt response, then that can become an issue if OCR asks for you to respond in a certain time frame and the organization doesn't get the letter to the right person to initiate that response. So a do is make sure they have the right contact as a critical issue. A do is make sure you meet their timelines in those requests. And obviously a don't is the opposite of that. Or if you if you can't meet the timeline for whatever reason, my experience in working with OCR, the former organizations I've been at, they're generally pretty reasonable if you contact them and ask for some additional time. So reach out to them. I think my experience with them is they're generally pretty reasonable. It's not been, you know, something where they've just been so recalcitrant that it's been difficult to work with them. And if you just, again, be straightforward with them and honest and and share the information that they're looking for, I think you'll have a more positive experience that won't end up guaranteeing that you won't have some sort of settlement or something of that nature. But overall, I think it'll be a better experience. So now, Marty, in addition to OCR, healthcare sector entities that suffer a breach or other privacy security matter, such as a cyber attack or maybe an insider incident, also potentially face investigations 
by state authorities and law enforcement, including the FBI, depending on what the circumstances are. What's your advice for dealing with non-OCR investigators? Again, I think it's going to depend on what state you're in. One of my prior employers was in the state of California, and their Department of Health has been very robust in these types of investigation. But again, my experience with them was they were reasonable in what they requested and the timeframes they asked for. It's really trying to coordinate that effort. If you've got multiple agencies coming at your organization, understanding what the rules are related to those organizations. For example, in California, you have to notify the California Department of Public Health within 15 days, 15 business days of the becoming aware of the breach. You have to notify the patients in that time frame as well. If you've got a significant breach, that time frame is incredibly tight. And so reaching out to them and, and letting them know that the event occurred and that you are working very diligently to get the notices out as promptly as possible, but it can be difficult to meet the 15 days and and explain to them why. Do that before the end of the 15 days. Again, that doesn't guarantee there won't be fines imposed, but I think you're in a better position being forthright with them. And also, they generally should be aware that other agencies might be investigating the organization, and if it's not clear that they are or aren't, making sure that's coordinated. I was with an organization who, prior to me joining, had been involved in an investigation from the state level, an investigation from DOJ, and OCR, in fact, it's my understanding, was asked to hold off on their investigation until at least DOJ had gotten closer to concluding theirs. So coordinating that can be helpful. Oftentimes, the data you're going to gather for one is going to be the same data for the other. So Just be prepared to keep that and and collate it so that you're not, again, recreating it for the second agency and anticipate that just because the agency hasn't reached out to you, you know, one agency hasn't reached out to you doesn't mean they won't. So be thinking about that as you're notifying whichever one has the shorter time frame. And in fact, depending on the nature of the, the data compromise, You may not just have to notify parties within the state in which the entity is located, but, you know, you may be obligated to notify other states if the patients involved are from those states. So be aware of what those laws are as well. So, Marty, what about the HHS Office of Inspector General? When, if ever, would that watchdog agency get involved with a security or privacy-related investigation at a healthcare entity? And what's your advice if they do end up dealing with OIG? So most likely OIG is going to allow OCR to do the predominant number of these because OCR is the federal oversight body for the privacy and security rule. But that doesn't mean it's not something they won't be assessing. They certainly have included privacy and security issues in their annual work plan for the past several years. And it may be something that in addition to being subject to an OCR audit, you might be subject to some form of audit or uh, evaluation from the Evaluation and Inspection Division of OIG. You may be subject to something from them. Again, I don't think it's as likely, but the thing I would make folks aware of there is assure that you're working with someone who understands the rule. This is not an area that they have tended to focus on. 
And although I haven't had personal experience with it, I would just be surprised if they understand the rule as well as their counterparts at OCR. So if you get asked a question that doesn't make sense, again, it's okay to ask them to clarify and you know, assure that they really do understand what the provisions of the rule are so that when you communicate with them, you're clear in what you're answering and you both have an understanding of what the request is because if they're asking for, for apples and you're providing them oranges, that could then just become a more significant issue and require more clarification and time and energy later down the road. So now, Marty, OCR, under its Phase 2 HIPAA compliance audit program that was launched last year, conducted about 200 or so remote desk audits of covered entities and business associates. And OCR had also planned to conduct an unspecified number of more comprehensive on-site HIPAA audits this year, although we're still waiting to hear whether OCR's new leadership under the new administration plans to proceed with that. Because of that uncertainty, what is your advice to CEs and BAs? Do they even need to be worried about a possible HIPAA compliance audit on-site right now? Why and what should they be preparing for, possibly? Everything that I've heard out of OCR indicates that it's less likely they are going to do those comprehensive on-site audits this year. That doesn't mean that those types of audits won't be done in the future. And if you look at what they assess for the on-site audits or even for the desk audits, those are things that they could and will likely assess if they're coming in for a compliance review. So the compliance review may be the result of you notifying them about a breach, for example. And so if you're not prepared for the audit, then you're not going to be as prepared for that type of compliance review or investigation. And it's always good to be prepared. So just reiterate to organizations, make sure you have strong documentation. I did the Privacy Officer Roundtable at the HCCA Compliance Institute, and as part of that, it was something, one of the things that my co-facilitator mentioned was that OCR is finding those organizations that have a decentralized process for documenting and recording information that may be required under the regulations, oftentimes has a much harder time meeting the deadlines because they have to pull together all of that information to be able to provide their response back to OCR. So all of the ongoing things that one would do to have an effective privacy and information security program need to be kept up and maintained, and you need to think about how you would gather that documentation, whether it's the result of an audit request, which tends to have narrower and more defined and more structured timeframes, or a compliance review, which is still going to have timeframes around it, but again, in my experience, those have not been as rigorous and structured as what the audit program has. But it's really taking that look and saying, can we respond to this? Have we assessed our own program to make sure that we're confident we're meeting all the provisions of the rule? And be prepared for that, because simply because you don't get an audit request doesn't mean, and I think it's actually more likely that you'll get a compliance review request, and the similarities between those responses are significant enough that you should be prepared for either. 
And finally, Marty, I understand that you're heading up a new compliance program effectiveness assessment program from Synergistec. Can you very briefly describe what that program is focused on and what its aim is for the healthcare sector? The compliance program effectiveness has been a phrase that's been around since healthcare's been starting compliance programs. And that is really what the OIG and other enforcement bodies are looking for. Not only do you have something on paper, but is it something that has become ingrained in the culture of your organization such that employees understand what their obligations are, your senior leadership understands what their obligations are, and people are clear on what the guardrails are within which they have to drive their car. So our program, our services are going to be coming in and helping organizations assess what they're doing under the seven elements of an effective compliance program as delineated by the federal sentencing guideline and uh, guidelines and all of the OIG compliance program guidance documents. And so we will be utilizing the new released OIG HCCA resource guide to do that assessment and then providing organizations feedback on where we found things they were doing well and where we found areas that might need improvement. And if if the case is that they don't have one of the seven elements covered effectively, then to help them understand what they need to be doing under that particular element to make sure it's encompassed as part of their program. Thanks, Marty. I've been speaking to Marty Arvin. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.